Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy, Rob. What's going on, Rob? Not much, man. Hope you're doing okay today. I am doing all right. I'm, we're going to need a couple beers for this show. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not a LaCroix evening on the whole. Um, but we are, as always, brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop there on 33 and get all of your Spring Creek needs. Um, Rob, I got to tell you, I... I actually did a bike race on Saturday. I think we talked about this. We're going to talk about it again a little later that I, I did not, I missed the football game live for the first time in many years. And I'm kind of glad that I did. And, but the race went back and forth over the actual Mossy Creek many times. And, oh, that, cool. Um, all of, yeah. And a lot of their guys, I could see, tell by the trucks that were parked, you know, there were guided trips out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could tell with the stickers on the trucks and stuff that they were obviously Mossy trips. And, it, it just looked awesome. It was a beautiful, you know, sunny day, a little windy, but sunny on the whole. And um, I just, anybody, if you're interested at all, I could just tell, you could just see the how happy everyone was in the spring to be out there fishing. And it just made me want to go out and do it. So yeah, you sure, yeah man. I was great. just, yeah, go talk to the guys at Mossy Creek, set up your lesson if you're new to the sport or you're interested at all, or if you're a longtime angler and you want to get out there and go to some amazing places with amazing guides, go to Mossy Creek, uh, mention the podcast and you'll get a free sticker, but otherwise just go there and book your trip. Cause it's a good time of year. So big thanks to Mossy Creek. Uh, Rob, we were going to start tonight yelling about all kinds of things. Uh, football is on a COVID pause. Football may or may not have played a poor game on Saturday. Um, and we're going to be very upset about men's basketball and the CAA, but I'm thrilled to say, that we have a surprise guest tonight. <laughs> yeah, late breaking. Late breaking. So we're going to start the podcast tonight um, by giving you all a little talk. We decided we needed some positive, uh, forward-looking momentum with the Dukes Athletics tonight. And we are fortunate enough to be joined by Coach O'Regan from Women's Basketball as they get ready to travel down to Elon. So, Rob, unless you got anything else, I think without further ado, let's go talk to Coach O. Yeah, let's do it. All right. See you guys on their side. Well, we are back with a special surprise tonight. I am, we are delighted uh, to bring back our favorite guest and have something to look forward to this week. Um, we are joined tonight by Coach O'Regan from Women's Basketball. Welcome, Coach. Gentlemen, I miss you. Oh, <laughs> we miss you. Oh, what a long <laughs> season this has been. Um, I can't thank you, first of all, for taking the time tonight. Um, we know you're getting locked in. And getting prepped for the tournament, we are all very excited to watch your team. Um, but wow, I guess let's just start before we get to the tournament. How, what, how kind of a roller coaster has this season been? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's um, honestly, you can't even explain it. I mean, you really, really can't explain it. it it's um, it's like surreal that we're here, that we got to play 22 games, that uh, we're going into a conference tournament. Yeah, still feel like I'm standing on thin ice too. Yeah, um, yeah. but. It's it's just been it's been incredible, man. And I really um, I got to give the 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 young women I work I work with credit. I mean, it's like that's so much harder for them than than for, than for us as you know coaches going home to families or whatever. It's like they literally, I mean, they go to the gym, they do whatever we do at the gym, and they go home and hang out with just the little pod that we got for them. And and 
you know, I, the mental health, man, is a, is a big, uh, you know, you're watching that tough. But, uh, no, it's, it's been absolutely crazy. Um, I've really, this year more than ever, I've really tried to enjoy just watching the improvements and, um, you know, watching them grow a little bit more than having the luxury of being 25 and four or whatever we are, you know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I've, really, I've really enjoyed myself. It's been a fun year. But weird, extremely weird. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it's been weird as fans. I can't even imagine it, like you said, as a player, you know, to go and just the adjustment, yeah. particularly with such a young team, and then also having some transfers and everything. But it's just got to be such a difficult adjustment to go from a lot of these girls are playing big minutes and they were playing high school basketball right. a year ago. It's, just, it's right. just unbelievable to think how they were able to adjust. Well, just everything, you know. I mean, you usually you play a game on a Sunday at 1.00. And you get to go with your family and you go to O'Neill's and, you know, like, and it's like, no, nope, no, you go back to your dorm, <laughs> sit there, you know, it's like, man, I feel for them. I feel for them. Well, coach, I, I, I got to ask. So we talked to you in the preseason and we, we've done it for a few years now. And you're always, you know, you go up and down your full roster, yep. getting excited yep. about all your kids and but but we all know normally when we come into a season we sort of know that not all of them are going to be huge contributors. I feel <laughs> yeah. like this year your entire roster has been at some point during the season feels like they've been the star player. Like what has that been like just balancing? I mean, you've had contributions from kids I don't think we talked about in the preseason. Yeah, like, right. Right. I mean, that's got to be kind of rewarding as a coach, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's good and bad. Yeah, um, right, right, right. It's, it's good and bad. Um, right. No, I'll stay with the good because that's that's yeah, what I'm gonna yeah. do. But man, it, it has been, and, and it's um, I give them a lot of credit for staying with me and, and continuing to trust me too. Because um, yeah, I'll be very honest with you guys. I always am. It's um, you know, we we got to a point uh, when when Buffalo kicked our kicked our tail pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. We, we had come in, we, I had too many people to choose from, and I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go with the, these freshmen, and I'm going to see what Tinsley can do, and that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I can't keep doing this revolving door of who's going to, you know, like uh, Matty Green, Tinsley. I just don't think that's how people succeed. So I said, hey, look, we're going to do this. And Matty Green sat down, and Jalen Carradine sat down, and Eleanor Marchewski sat down, and Nikki Oppenheimer sat down. And... And we went with it and we beat Virginia and we went on a little roll. And then, you know, we, we explored this idea of, of doing like the, um, the Jim Laranaga, right? Green team, white team, you bring it in five at a time. <laughs> yeah. and, and that was, it, it worked pretty good for a second. And then it was like, well, yeah, it still isn't optimizing our, our best players and our best chemistry. And so um, I had to dig a little bit deeper and we, <laughs> We went back with Maddie Green and Jalen Caradine, and, and Jalen really stood out to me because when we played Towson, it was like, okay, she can guard. You know, she can guard some of these really good kids, and um, it was like, I need that. Um, and so again, I I I threw Maddie Green back in there, threw Jalen back in there. It, it costed some other people minutes, and they're staying with me. And that that's what it is. And to your point, it's like. We've had big games from Matty Green. We've had big games from Tinsley. We've had big games from Jamia Hazel. And, and um, you know, again, it hasn't always been Kiki Jefferson show. Um, you know, the last weekend at Delaware, Rain Tucker stole the show, and she yeah. was she was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I go I go down the line. But again, 
and let's the negative part is that like no i don't want to do this every year <laughs> you know right. I, I want like eight and nine and let's roll and that's that's how we've been really good it's just this year especially um <laughs> it has been it has been really really unique <laughs> oh that's something else yeah I, I was thinking i mean there i think we talked in the preseason i don't remember ever talking about claire neff mm-hmm. and like where did she come from like all of a sudden rob and i are watching the game and i'm like this girl's just who's just making kid? every shot right who is it <laughs> raining in threes well and i think you very politely said um Oderkirk in the preseason you're like well i don't know we'll work her in a little right, bit and right. she's played real important minutes for you at points during the season yeah you know? yeah, she I, is. I just, she is. I mean that's really cool to i don't know it's just we we and we've given you a hard time just to be fair <laughs> we have a, the, the uh defensive consistency oh my be, gosh uh, right? yeah. <laughs> has to be um, frustrating at times from from which the is, whole <laughs> yeah well yeah i have never um you know am i am i i bet you since maybe our first, my first or second year with Kenny. And even then we were, we were like really good defensive rebounding, Jen Brown, Nina Ukta, like Keisha Stokes. There was always a commitment there. This is, this is probably, and I, I'm not, we've gotten better, um, but, yep. but it's probably one of the, the worst defensive teams I've coached as a whole. Um, and it's just not natural for a lot of them. And so uh, we, we've spent a lot of time, I think getting them to six, seven area, you know, and, and not, not 10, uh, we're not going to be a 10 out of 10, but just, just squeezing the orange, you know, and, and trying to get as much as you can get out of it. And, and, uh, they've done, I, I mean, they've done really well and it's, yeah. it's hard to get freshmen who have never, maybe never really had to talk about defense, you know, and to get them to really, really understand how important it is. And, and, uh, I hope we're there because you can't win a tournament without playing defense. So um, <laughs> I hope we're there. But uh, no, I, I've, I've Oda Kirk has been great. She's had good moments. She's also had to be patient at times. So she's been great. Um, and Claire Neff, man, that, that kid is is I, I call her sunshine because that's what I feel like she is. Like it, you know, she comes into the office and it's just she might tell you a story about something you never asked about, but she's telling you that story with enthusiasm, man, and it's. I, I love, I love it. And, um, you know, she's been, she's been, she's been a blessing for us for sure. So no, it's been, <laughs> it's been interesting. It's been interesting. All right. So let's not talk about defense and we got to talk about <laughs> Hazel and McDaniel have been, you know, their offensive games are advanced for yeah. young players. Right. And, yeah, and yeah. they've been a thrill to watch. So, I mean, you got to be excited with this whole group you have yeah. of, of underclassmen, right? I mean, this is, no, it, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's, um, I'm, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't rave more about them, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the fact you throw Kiki and rain in there as sophomores, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then you've got, you've got Hazel, you've got McDaniel, you've got Neff, you've got Oderkirk and Anna Goodman, the other freshman, she mm-hmm. can play. It's just the speed of the game right now is just, is a lot. And I, she's, mm-hmm. she's being patient, but she can, she can score. And so, um, I just can't have five scores out there and no defenders. So got to find a mix in there. Um, but, but no, they, they, um, that, that seven right there, just as, just as underclassmen is incredible. And it's, um, the only real difference from my perspective is that we don't have a senior junior that's running the show. You know, we put it all on Kiki to run the show this year and she's, she's done her best and she's been great. I mean, 
I'd be shocked if tomorrow she's not first team all conference. Um, and so she's done a ton for us, but you know, when, when Kamaya Smalls and Lexi Barrier and Devin, they were, they were freshmen, we had Precious Hall. Mm-hmm. And so they, they were able to chip in and Precious would go score 35, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, we, we missed that. I think this year it was just having a returning senior junior that was, was good for 18 points, you know? So it's been, it's been great for the future, but, um, it's, you know, the, it's, Hasn't been the most consistent um, all the time, but but we're I'm, I'm okay with where we are, and I you know I know that people that are paying attention are too, um, so so I'm good with it, and I'm really excited because the the best part about that that real seven is they're like great kids, and you know I I'm not joking, and I I hate when people say like every day I talk to them every day, no no like every day. <laughs> Every day, Peyton McDaniel and Jamia Hazel after practice do the do a, a shooting routine where sometimes it's fifty, sometimes it's a hundred shots every single day, and that's that says everything to me. Is that like, you know, I mean, every day, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm not one of those people. Oh, I talk to them every day. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, but these two are shooting every day, and I I can't wait. I, you know, I think I think one of them. I don't know which one is going to be rookie of the year tomorrow. Um, but we'll, we'll see. And it's funny. You could be both of them. So, um, <laughs> we'll see. So now what you got the tournament starting this weekend. Um, that's down at Elon this year, right? Yep. Down at Elon again. Cause they, they didn't get their opportunity last year. As last well, year. Said. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay. and you play Northeastern in the first game, right? So what, Correct. what, what, what's our, um, what's the outlook in game one? I, you know, just. I don't know. It, I, I just keep thinking like I, it's so difficult to be, I, I just feel like seeding in the men's and the women's tournament with all the weird scheduling this year. Like there's so, no, so weird. Yeah. There's yeah. no logic to this. So I have no, like, <laughs> what does this mean that you're playing the seven? Normally you'd be a sizable favorite, but what does right. it mean this year right. to be playing Northeastern in the first round? You know? Well, you're, you're right on with it. You know, um, you know, Elon, like I look at Elon, right. And so Elon's a six seed. They're three and five. And they, all, they only played JMU, Delaware, Drexel, and Towson. Like, that, that's murderer's row. Like, yeah, that, they, like, and they played us four times. It's like, you know, so, so um, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't even think they played Towson. Anyway, so you, yeah. you, you get the point, right? And um, yeah. the one thing I'll say is that, you know, Northeastern did – I think they played Hofstra four times. I believe they played Delaware four times as well, but they did get 16 games in. So, um, you know, our 15 games to their 16 games, I do think it's a 2-7, 3-6 type of matchup anyway. Um, okay. But they're scrappy, man. They, they are, um, you know, any team this year with seniors and senior guards especially, I'm just, you know, as a, as a coach and, and you're paying attention, those are always tough outs. Um, and you know, again, watching the men's tournament unfold, it's insanity. Um, you know, I don't know what, what the Drexel, um, Northeastern game is going to look like, but they're talking about a six and an eight seed playing for the championship. Yeah. (laughs) Something's, something's different. Um, but no, they're, they're a scrappy team. They got, they got guards. Um, this year's unique because everybody we played, um, other than a single game with Wilmington, everybody we played, we lost to and won. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's like, yeah, all right. You, you, you know how to do both. So let's, let's do the right things and get, get the win. But um, you know, f- this is another little fun, fun statistic here. Okay. Is that not one, not one player on our team 
has logged a minute in the CAA tournament. Not one player. What? Not think about that. Wow. Yeah, that's You're right. crazy. Yeah. Kiki didn't play last. Like they didn't. The, yeah. They didn't play they didn't last play year. Last year. The year before we had the, yeah. we had the we had the broken hands, so we only played one game the year prior. And Maddie Green was hurt as well. Uh, Jalen Caradine didn't play. Now Eleanor played, but she's she's transferred, so she's not with us. So you're talking about a team that is not. No. <laughs> Come on, man. That's like crazy. what are we doing here? Like this is this is what we got. But I think it I think it benefits us. I think it's like they don't they don't care. Like what is this? Right. Let's go play. Who cares? Yeah. Um, at least that's what I'm spinning it as anyway. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm I'm excited, but it's going to be you know it's it's tournament time, and you got you've got a team that's that's well coached. They know themselves. They're very scrappy. So, uh, and we and we struggled with at at home. Um, even the game we won by a lot. It was it was like a three point game going into the fourth quarter. So, um, we're expecting a battle, and I think you're going to battle that game, and hopefully you win, and then you you pick up Drexel or Elon, and you battle that game, and you hopefully win, and it's. It's uh, embracing the grind, so to speak, with this thing. Yeah, Coach. What did you think about? Um, I, I just, I don't. It's so weird. What did you think about the series? Like we were thinking, mm-hmm. you know, you split so often this season, and there. Mm-hmm. I, I was just kind of wondering from a coach's perspective. Like, on, on one hand, we were so impressed with the resilience of your, like, so often, yeah, your team, yeah. like in tough tournaments. I mean, I think about that senior day performance, which. I don't know. It's a weird thing to talk about senior day at Chamberlain this year. But I mean, you know, they came back off that overtime loss and won yeah. on Sunday in a tough game. Like there had to be moments where you were really proud. But how weird was it to play those back to back games? Because at, at times you all also won on Saturday and then disappeared on Sunday. Right. You know, right. Like, right. Yeah. No. I mean, no, it is. Um, I hate it. Let's say that. Okay, I never want to do this yeah. again. Um, <laughs> let's get that yeah. out of the way right now. Yeah, yeah. But um, but no, it, it's like it is crazy what human nature does to you. I mean, it, it is really a study of human nature, and it's. I mean, it it just goes to show you. And, and um, I think somebody was giving me an analogy of tennis, right? Where it's like, if you win the first set, it's like statistically you you a lot of people lose that second set and it's it's just human nature and and i think um you know i heard an interview with chris mack earlier in the year and i like chris mack a lot and he said this year is really benefiting um the veteran teams much more because Mm -hmm. you just have the experience and so um you know that's a little bit of our our deal was the inexperience but you know, it's, it's, it's hard, man. You beat somebody handily, you beat somebody by 15 and you don't have the same tone as a coach. You don't, you don't. So when you're watching film Saturday night or Sunday morning, whatever you, you don't, you can try to manufacture the same tone, but you just, it's really hard to, to, to feel it the same way. And, um, you know, I thought we eventually got there and, and the last, um, you know, we got the Elon sweep, which was our only sweep, but that was the third and fourth time we played them. Um, but I tell you what, the when we lost the Delaware game on Saturday, which I thought we had won, and I was like, I was so proud. We were down 10 with eight minutes to go in the fourth. We come back, we take the lead, and we have the game. We make free throws, we win the game. game right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. it's like, and and I'm, I mean, Sunday morning, it's like, uh, I'm joking about, you know, the, the, um, top gun where, where goose is like, Mav, you got the, the number of that truck driving school. Like, that's what <laughs> I'm like. 
That's what I'm like on Sunday morning, right before the game. It's like, you, man, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if we could do this here. And I was, so, I was so proud of our kids coming out. But again, what's the, what's the effect of Delaware, right? So think, you think about it from their perspective. They've never, they've never won down here ever. You know, like they, they haven't yeah. won down here since Deladon, and it's like, yeah. you know, so they pop their balloon kind of, right? Where it's yeah. like, oh, we got them, you know. And so they, they didn't play as well. Um, and that's, I mean, it's human nature, man, but it's, I don't want to do it again. And it's, um, you know, the difference is, and somebody asked me today about the tournament setting. It's like back to back. It's like, yeah, yeah. But that's totally different because different teams. You, you're playing yeah. a different team. You're playing a different yeah, team yeah. and, and they just played a different team prior. So it's, team. you're coming yeah. in there fresh. Um, yeah. but no, I, I don't. And, and look, the CA had to do this. And I, a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people, actually, Missouri Valley Conference men's side, which they did it too. Um, and it's a very efficient way to do it. It's a very safe way to do it. And, and, and I'm glad we're playing games. So I'm in. I'm in. But this is just, we're ending this, I hope. <laughs> no, no more back-to-backs. No more back-to-backs. And then combined with that, like, and for much of the season having no crowd at all and then very limited crowds um and, and you know jamie's a program it really has a true home court advantage probably was gonna have a huge one this year in the new arena what was that like having to kind of create your own energy as a team yeah i mean I, i'd be the first to say um look i i don't want i i'm not an excuse guy but like we're not losing we're not losing the game to northeastern at home if we have a crowd like we're just not it's not yeah. gonna happen you know what I'm, and that's it negates our home court advantage and everybody else in our league. There's not a whole lot of uh, arenas that get filled. So there's not that much difference for Towson, right? There's not that much difference for, for Northeastern. And so it's a huge difference for us. Now, again, we got newcomers that don't know any different. Um, so, so it's not, again, no excuse, but um, you know, I actually felt the crowds more than you would think this year. And it was whatever the, I don't know what we had 75, hundred people in there. And we had a band, and so so I did feel oh, yeah. it a little bit, um, and I was glad for that. But it's like I, I, I use this analogy. It's like it's like you just bought me a brand new Ferrari, and you you got it in my house. And it's like this is awesome, and it's like oh yeah, we actually couldn't get any gas, so we can't drive it. It's like mm-hmm. like <laughs> that's what it's like. It's a brand new beautiful arena, but like it, we're not we're not we don't get to really do it, you know. Um, and that I cannot wait for that. And it's like, yeah. I think it's all good because we, we were acclimated. We know, you know, it's our home now. We've spent a whole season here, so it's our home. But um, we, the fans, man, is everything. And that's, it really, really is. And I, I can't stress that enough. It's like, it's, it's been missing. And, and our kids miss it too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but again, it is what it is. And I hope this thing is ending. And, we, you know, we'll have this thing down at 8,000 people here. Um, you know, in a couple months, I hope. Well, coach, with your uh, with your group of player returning players next year, and what Coach B did on the other side, um, as fans, I can tell you, there's never been a more excited. You know, I, I just yeah, yeah. We, we've been blown away this year by how much people have quietly crept back to basketball. Yeah, right. A lot, a lot, <laughs> well, and I do. I mean, I you know, for both your programs to start before football. You know, to not have right. football, yeah. you're not coming off of like a playoff run or people being excited about anything else. And you guys were really the first thing back on the map. I mean, Rob and right. I have both said we've heard from so many of our contemporaries who have said like, 
oh, I'm watching basketball right now. Like, yeah, like right, I'm back, right, right, you know? Right, and then right, they were like, right. and then they were curious because your team has all these young players and the men's team obviously was relevant. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like, was, yeah, like yeah. which was really a big change for the first time in a long time. So, yeah, I, I we can't wait for to, to be there and, and cheer for your teams next year. So, yeah, no, it'll be fun. And you know what? Yeah. Um, and, and Mark, Mark has done, he's done awesome, man. And, and I don't that just so everybody understands, that's not a fluke. That's, that's going to be like that. I mean, he's, he's got it. Um, you know, you can, you can just tell that guy knows what's going on. And, uh, it's, it's, it's been fun to watch. Um, you know, I, I've, I watch every, every men's program we have. I always watch cause it's, you got another division one basketball team in your building. You got to watch practice a little bit and yeah. learn and see what you got. And it's, I've been really, really impressed with just his, uh, he's just, he just gets them. He's got a, they got a great energy. They got a great, like coming to work. Let's get this done energy. And it's, um, you know, it's that that's successful. It's going to be successful. Mm. Yeah. We just, we, we've both been, uh, you know, we struggled the last couple of weeks because the, the Lewis injury felt so much like Kamaya. A couple yeah, of years yeah, ago, you know, and we just yeah. that's it's just so, so here we go again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, come on, really? We, we've like, done this, we've done this yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, yeah, but coach, so you guys are probably gonna you're gonna play Northeastern. Um, and then if you win, you would get the Drexel Elon winner, which you mentioned was a really that should be a tough matchup, right? Yeah, the other, yeah, in the other. I mean, one of those teams is gonna be disappointed to go home, right? Or, no, no doubt. I mean, yeah. you think about it. It's a uh, Elon's been on a five-week pause, <laughs> so they haven't played the game in five weeks. And Drexel is has got to go down there, play a game at nine thirty p.m. at Elon's at home. Elon. Like, like right. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good recipe. Um, no, uh. but but yeah, um, our staff has talked about that matchup probably more than any other. And just like, what do you think? You know, uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I can't even, I can't even lean one way. It's how you come out of a five week pause and, and be ready to play that that's extremely difficult. And the only you're at home, thank God, um, which, which can help you, but man, that's, that's going to be a bat. It's going to be a battle. Now it might be in the fifties, might be 51, 52, but that's mm-hmm. going to be a battle right there. Yeah. Are there, are, we don't know this. Are there fans for the tournament at all? Or is that they not- do um, 100 um, tickets per team and it's it's all pass list. So you can't buy tickets. Right. But okay. um, every team gets 100 tickets. Um, okay. So, so you yeah, guys we'll have, have a little contingent yeah. there of friends and family. And yeah. Right. Cool. Right. Yeah. That's which cool. is nice, which is better than, you know, I like having my wife and kids and my my mom and dad are going to come down and it, that'll be nice. That's oh, wow. All. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then Delaware is obviously the top seed on the other side, um, a team that you all almost beat twice there down the stretch <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did beat, you know, split the series with. So, I, I, you know, I'm not, we're not putting you on the spot about anything for the tournament, but we just, we're so looking forward to this week and excited for your, your kids to play. And, yeah, me too. You me know, too. I just thank you so much, Coach. And, and, and really, you, your team, I mean, you all have been through – every team has been through everything this year yeah and you know you brought up the mental health i i we can't even i can't even imagine so you know yeah i got to go to the football game a couple weeks ago and um got to talk it was interesting talking to the jmu people about like how crazy this has been for you know the players and i just yeah we just wish you all the best and coach um 
I hope one one of your freshmen, hopefully, is freshman of the year, right? <laughs> so, I hope so. No, I, I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. I was actually going to call the CA and be like, "Look, if they just get close to vote, can you just give them co-rookie of the year? Can you just if, <laughs> oh, if one yeah. of them gets three and one of them gets four votes, can you just come on, let's co it up? Oh. Uh, they're roommates too, you know, like Jamia and Peyton are roommates, and it's like, man, they both they both really deserve it, and they both had huge moments for us. So, now I'm excited, man. I, I appreciate you guys. I, I know, um, I really, I'm I'm looking forward to having our kids having just a, like a even when the season's over, it's like a little bit of freedom to like. No, I don't want anybody to go get COVID, right? But right, right. Um, just yeah. like, hey, man, go hug your mom. You know, like yeah. it's all good here. You know, everything's going to be fine. But uh, no, <laughs> I, I think I really do. I think um, I think we've got as good a shot as we as we as we've had in the past too. And I don't I don't think we're the favorite at all. I think Delaware is, but I think um, I I just love what, our vibe right now. And I, you know, I hope I'm right. Um, yeah, so but, but I. <laughs> But I just our vibe is just very like loose. Let's go, man. We we're like they don't know. There's no there's no pressure. We're not the one C. We're not eighteen and zero or seventeen and one and and feeling the pressure. It's like let's man, let's go. Let it fly and have some fun. Yeah, just so, basketball. Yeah. yeah, just play some hoops, man. Let's go. Yep. You, you got to get a there when you made the Top Gun reference though. They must have all looked at you like, what are you talking about? Coach? <laughs> yeah, they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, the best is we we put it on. Uh, you know, Ian and I are both that yeah. era, and put it on yeah. the bus, and we had that thing cranked up, and we were like, "Yeah, we loved it." And they're looking at us like, "Are you guys serious right now?" I felt like dad. I was like, "This is a classic. This is a classic." I love it. Man. That's so I love it. <laughs> oh, well, I, 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 we always ask you this at the end, but. Uh, yep. Any any NBA thoughts? Your uh, Celtics oh my God. been a little bit up and down this year. I feel like they, it's been a struggle for them. You know so, what? I was listening yeah. to to some of the uh, like the Boston radio, and they're they're you know they're on Brad Stevens and all that, and all of a sudden he's he's not perfect. It's like okay, right. my gosh. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I'm identifying with him because he's he's doing a little bit of what we've done, where it's like. He'll start one guy, and then two games later, it's like that guy's getting six minutes, and he's starting somebody else. It's like, hey, Brad, I feel your pain, man. I feel your pain, uh-huh. and it's, you know, the con- the consistency is hard. But um, no, I, I don't know. It's it's um, I really have, I I watch it. I really have a tough time diving in until we yeah. finish. You know, now I pay yeah. attention. It's like I'm watching women's college basketball all day long. Um, mm-hmm. But but uh, no, I, I think it's been. Uh, I think it's fun. And the real intriguing one for me is the Nets who just added Blake Griffin. Like, what are we doing here? Like you got an yeah. all-star team. Right. I, mean, <laughs> right. I, I read something the other day. He hasn't dunked in two years. Is that right? Like that. Yeah. There was some stat where like, <laughs> well, and that was pretty much his game. His game was yeah. just raw power, you know, with Chris Paul. But yeah, I don't think he's dunked since like 2019 or something. Wow. Like but I wow. also saw a lot of people putting up the uh, Kaiser Soze gif today of like he was yeah. limping away from the from the pistons and you know suddenly going to be jumping out of the gym again for yeah, the right. yeah right like, <laughs> like, like mine now yeah that's right. funny that's funny oh, oh yeah that's so funny <laughs> well coach um when i don't know when do you guys leave i don't, I don't know we leave tomorrow actually before. Yeah, okay, we're, that's we're, what I was wondering. Um, I didn't know whether you stayed in a hotel or what the whole story is. No, you got to be there two days before because you got to get tested, and then you stay in a hotel, and and it's not a true bubble, you know. Um, so it's you know, it's 
they're doing their best, man. But there, you know, there's some, there's, uh, it's not a, a flawless plan by any means. Um, oh yeah, I was going to ask and, you that. Last, yeah, COVID question. Um, <laughs> we can cut the, we can cut this if it, if you can't answer it. But I don't mind. <laughs> but uh, I'm over no. It. I'm uh, over. So JMU has had the whole like they've been really strong. I mean, they've yeah. invested yeah. and really done the full thing. And you know, we sort of as tough as the news on football was today, it's like, okay, we got the bracelets and we're doing the yeah, thing. Yeah. I know, you know, Kurt's been talking about you wearing yours on your ankle and everything, Yeah, yeah, right, um, right. you know, but are all the teams in the CAA doing that? Um, like they don't all have the tracers. That's what um, I didn't. I, yeah. It's just so weird. It's so frustrating to think like JMU is really trying to invest and do this the right way. And yeah, you know, well, you go it, down. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's a cost, right? And it's um, mm-hmm. the other thing. The other thing, man, is like there there are so many different rules, right? So, yeah. um, I mean, it, it, but like county to county, state to state, uh, yeah. it's it's unbelievable. And so I'll use this as an example, right? So, um, you know, we go up to Drexel this last weekend, uh, you know, whatever it was, and drexel because they're in the city of philadelphia they have uh-huh. different rules than anybody else so you would usually right if you wanted to do a shoot around you do a shoot around but then you come back to the hotel you eat your pregame meal you, kid maddie green goes and takes a nap you know uh-huh. um, <laughs> i get ready and I, you know whatever you do in your hotel room you get on the bus say i don't know eleven fifteen. you drive 15 minutes you get there eleven thirty. you play a game at one right so mm-hmm. that's the usual routine well drexel has a different policy so you have mm. to show up at Drexel at ten fifteen for a one o'clock game. Get get tested there, so mm. you get tested. You can't leave. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting you're sitting like out in the gym on the bleachers, right? And you have to wait for your negative result, <laughs> and then you and then you're free. But you can't go back to the hotel. So you're just like sitting around in the gym. Well, like that's the only place that does that, right? <laughs> like, yeah, oh. <laughs> and so it's like. <laughs> You, you know what I mean by that? So, yeah. so um, we, we've had so many. We got the tracers. Um, we've done a really, really good job with our athletic training. And she's she's been – this Morgan Langton, I'll shout her out right now. She's done an yeah. awesome job because she she's basically um, – if without her and her level of communication, you know, we had um, – you know, we had a player with COVID early in the year and we didn't have to shut down. You know, I had COVID middle of the year. We didn't have to shut down because – she's communicating with us. Okay. If you do this, you can keep yourself separate. If, if we do this, we can keep this pod separate. Well, like, um, Elon couldn't do that. So they have a County person that comes in and does their contact tracing. It's not their athletic trainer. It's a, it's a, just a Uh, person in their County. So like how many different ways are you cutting this, this thing up here? Um, and it's so hard to keep track of it. It's just, and that's why I understand the CIA a little bit. Cause like, they can't – you can't be exclusive with your policy if, if the county of Burlington, North Carolina is different than Rockingham County in, in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, 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 <laughs> it's a mess. It's a here. mess. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, we go down tomorrow. We get tested and then we sit there for two days and um, then we get to play again. So. Nice. Well, we got three games between you and the tournament here. So let's, let's do, do it. Let's do <laughs> yeah, it. Let's go. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> that's what we want. Yeah. I want to see you all play. Yeah. I, I don't know who's – well, that's been the other hard thing, and you probably are in the same boat. It's been impossible to follow the national picture this year. Oh, my gosh. Like, so you know, hard. we're aware – like, we're so – it's difficult enough just to follow the CAA. Right. But I couldn't tell you – like, I, I know that UConn's not number one. 
But outside of that, I don't know like a lot of other things that normally I have a sense of the the picture. Right. You know. Right. Um, no, I, agree. I, 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 agree. Yeah. I mean, UVA quit playing. I guess I know that. <laughs> that's <laughs> yep. that's, that's about like, it. Nah, <laughs> we're out. Okay. Right. I, uh, yeah, I know. I know. Anyways. Oh, that's funny. It's great. Well, man. Coach, good luck this week. And thank you so much for the time. Of course. Uh, of course. Yeah. and uh, Hopefully we can give you three games. Three games. Um, we'll see. But I appreciate you guys. We're looking for about five games, really. Yeah. <laughs> three games. <laughs> this tournament, Coach. Three games. Let's start the club. We're thinking about the six. Let's go to yeah, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now. I, I, I got a feeling that McDaniel and company are, are – thinking more games than three so just yeah. let it fly you gotta let yeah, it yeah exactly exactly uh <laughs> thanks coach and good luck this week yeah thank you guys i appreciate you all okay. right good luck Problem coach stay. yep and welcome back to the podcast um rob that was really cool to talk to coach o huh yeah, that was a nice uh, little treat. You know, yeah. that, that, that literally just came together a couple hours ago. So I was very appreciative of of his time, and it was yes. nice to have him on. And to, he's always so open and honest about about the program and and the state of things. So that was a fun conversation. It really was. It's and just he's so that was so generous of him with his time for us, and we're just we love that team. So ladies, get it done this week. I, I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to say it that way, but we got it <laughs> All right. Um, Rob, what do we want to talk about first? Uh, uh, hoops, football. Yeah, I mean, I guess we got to let's let's Start put the bow on the hoops on men's hoops. Yeah, um, talk about that season. You know, it, for people, I, I assume anybody tuning into this knows JMU was the number one seed in the tournament without Matt Lewis, and unfortunately, they kind of uh, surrendered a, a pretty big lead late in the game, and then had some very questionable officiating decisions go against them and they end up losing to Elon and Elon since then, since last night has gone on and advanced to the finals. So they are red hot, um, does not make it any easier to deal with last night's loss. And it, it's hard to mm-hmm. even address this without talking about the ridiculous calls, you know, I mean, just, just atrocious officiating. And I guess before we say that, we say, they shouldn't have been in the situation. And, yeah, let's start there. Yeah, let's start know, with the a, game. You have a 15-point lead, 10 minutes to go. You shouldn't be in a situation where one or two calls can turn the tide. Um, unfortunately, Elon got red hot. JMU went cold. Close game. One of the most suspect technicals uh, I, I've ever seen was called against Byington. Um, completely <sighs> made up. Dogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. completely made up. He wasn't really doing anything. The league got together an hour and a half after the game said that the call was because he was out of the coaching box, which was just one of those cases where they would have been better off not saying anything at all. Just just no comment would have been fine. Um, supposedly, according to Metland, the league has since reached out to Byington and apologized and said the calls were made in error and there were no basis for them. Um, Zach Jacobs, one of the yeah. calmest and most respectful players you'll see got teed up earlier for saying and one after he was clobbered on a foul. Um, it was just, it was just ridiculous. Like it's the officials just making themselves a story. Um, so it's incredibly frustrating, but I think the larger point is they, the game shouldn't have been that close. Uh, you know, they, they had a, a big enough lead. They should have been able to close it out. Um, so we get all that and I'm not here making excuses, but damn, you, you get four points on technicals and you lose a game by one. 
that's a tough one to stomach and a, and a tough way to end the season to put it mildly. So, yeah, you're, you're being very, uh, <laughs> I don't know, diplomatic about it, Rob. I, it, it was just, it was just crap. I mean, it was yeah, just, it was you, crap you can't, you can't I, do that. Yeah. There's two, there's so many. So first of all, you're exactly right. But I also want to address that they shouldn't have been in this position. Um, they had a large lead. They lost the lead. It was reminiscent of games early in the season. But I also want to take to task any JMU fans out there who said, this is the same old story. That's oh, horse, that, that's, that's more that's, horse crap than anything than the, the CAA did yeah. yesterday. Yeah. This is a team that lost the conference player of the year. And there's no way you will never, ever convince me that they blow a 15-point lead in the second half if Matt Lewis takes the ball and says, I'm stopping this right now. You know, if, well, more if, importantly, that game, if Matt uh, Lewis takes takes control on the defensive side of the no, no doubt about it yeah. right there, there, this it, a healthy Matt Lewis you lose the conference player of the year I don't care what conference what team who you are right now I, I mean I, I don't care if you're UVA tomorrow if you lose the conference player of the year and you go into the ACC tournament you can get beat and it's going to be a huge difference and I just yeah so first of all that's the loss is the loss it's frustrating the second point and I, I want to be positive before I get so negative is what an unbelievable turnaround from this team this year, Rob. And it, uh, by the same token that this is not the same old, same old JMU coach Byington, what an incredible effort. And we just heard from coach O talking about, he gets to see the team, you know, like yeah. what an incredible turnaround and what an incredible group and the way that Byington got them up and that the kids you know, I don't mean to credit all of it to him because it's on the kids too. They did it. They were excited to be in the tournament. They played well yesterday and then they struggled down the stretch without their best player. But I wrote down to myself, I was like, where did I write that? You know, um, think about what they could bring back next year. What we hope they bring back is Terrell Strickland, Justin Amati, um, Vado Julian Mo- Wooden, Vado yeah, Morse. Vado Morse. Edwards, the, a healthy I mean, Mensa. Yeah, like yeah. they could be unbelievable next year. Those kids growing, you know. I mean, we what we saw from Amadi in the first half of this game was so much fun. You know, like mm-hmm. that dunk before the half. You're thinking this is going to be amazing, right? And and just so I, I don't want the way this ended in the crazy COVID year and the CAA being the bullshit conference that it is to take away at in any way from the team so you know i think you're right the loss shouldn't have been in that position at the same time this is not the same jmu team and i'm excited for next season right rob those are the first oh yeah, first yeah. i mean things. you're just not paying attention if you think this is even remotely similar to any of the teams in the past um and you know what elon took care of business tonight against Hofstra. elon's really good yeah and and they're i mean talk about a team of the bright future i, I don't want to go off but like the league as a whole has the potential to be much better the next couple of years um mm-hmm. elon has a y- lot of young talent they're you know playing in the finals without even a couple of starters mm-hmm. supposed to have due to various injuries and and situations like that um you know drexel has mm-hmm. bicker staff is a very good ball player there's a william and mary's got that rookie of the year i mean there's some talent in this league mm-hmm. um but man it it was just some bush league officiating. It was, it, and it's really just pathetic to have that BV story 
um, when it really should be kind of a celebration of just surviving this this season. And instead, all anybody's talking about is you know the terrible officiating and how Jamie kind of got jobbed. And again, the apologies don't cool. make it okay, better. The worst. They make just it don't so make it much better. Worse. Yeah, shut up. Just go away and defend the ref and do what we expect of you. It's so frustrating. And I'm, I've tried to go back and forth today because you're right, Rob. We just talked to Coach O about what happened to Hofstra men who had an all-timer season last year and then didn't get to go to the tournament and then they lost tonight. And that sucks worse than anything that happened to JMU yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And UNC Wilmington, if you watch today, had their top four players transferred out of the program today. Yeah. Um, they are on a long road to – they have, I think, four scholarship players remaining, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe three, like depending on – like they're – there are worse play- that's where I, I thought JMU was a year and a half ago, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is better. And we are looking forward to being really motivated next year at the full Atlantic Union Bank Center to be just to just be so livid at Elon and Northeastern and Drexel and everybody else that's hating on JMU in this league, if that's the case next year. So yes, but I'm with you on the officiating. I- the officiating is the officiating. That first one, first of all, on the Zach Jacobs tech, the worst thing about it isn't the tech. So he, what, he made a basket, they called a foul, he screamed in one, they teed him up. I mean, that's going to happen thing, 10 times a game. And not only that, but all the reporters, so the COVID empty arena. Yeah, um, oh, yesterday, from the ref. Yes, the reporters in the building said that Byington asked the ref or yelled at the ref, Yell it basically the question, a rhetorical question. So yelling and one is a tech now. And the ref said it is today. Yeah. I mean, I that's, mean that's just ref show. Yeah. Yes. Nonsense. I mean, that is some baseball level, you know, showboat umpiring right there. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a joke. It's a total it's joke. Terrible. Right. And then the thing that happened at the end of the game with the, I mean, Metlin and t- Rob, I love that you redirected some of our, worst impulses into being so thrilled with the coverage that Metlin gave us from the daily news record, you know, and, and mentioned yeah. as well, how fortunate we are to have those guys. Cause Metlin stayed on that after the game and the CAA tried to duck out of, you know, this whole COVID, like you, you don't have access to the officials and stuff. And, and then an hour and a half. So they wouldn't give a statement about what the tech was for. And then an hour and a half after the game, they say that he was outside the coach's box which happens like 700 times a game, every single game. The coach is never in the box on either end of the floor. It's just absolute horse crap. I mean, there's no possible way that that is a tech with a minute left in a conference tournament game where these kids, these coaches, everyone involved has worked so hard to get to this point, And you call that crap. It's just so Bush league. You're right. It's so amateur. And then to, to, to then turn around today and and I, I don't know what to say, right? Maybe on some level it's better to apologize, but it, that doesn't change the outcome, right? And so to say, to say, I mean, what was the what did that the, they the CAA confirmed today that the calls were quote unwarranted and lacked common sense? Yeah, I mean, what in the? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? What are we playing in? And and I'm sorry, but I, I just beyond this. This for me, this was the end. This was the last straw, Rob. I, I just we've been balanced about this, and 
it's not an FCS, FBS. This doesn't have to do with football. This has to do with my frustration with the CAA boiling over. And the fact that flow football and flow hoops are two separate pieces of shit. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they're t- like you have to pay s- different prices for these things. Do you? you I thought it was- people try to sign up for – well, no, we didn't. Oh. If you signed up at the beginning, you got a deal. But now if you try to sign up, they try to shunt you into one or the other. Well, it's just hard to find. It's everything. hard yeah. to figure out. I, I, to be honest, I, I, to be fair, I have not had a terrible problem with the app itself once I use it. You know, like I actually did cast the game – yesterday onto the television from my phone like there have been some positive things right I, i'm not saying this isn't the way to go but it's just so and no one in the country is watching these games i mean that's the other thing the, and we'll get to football in a little while but football may not have been as bad as the national media would have you believe this week and but nobody's watching the game because it's on flow sports. So if you're like a Northern Arizona fan, there's no way in hell you're paying $21.99 yeah. a month or whatever to watch CAA teams. So nobody knows anything. And all they see is, well, JMU won 2017 over Elon. Elon's crappy. So they should be the, in some cases, the sixth ranked team in the country. And we could, you know, that's a whole nother story, but I just, I, I just, this was it for me. And, and I don't, is the apology to, to like, Make, does it make JMU feel better? We're not going to the tournament. It doesn't make me like, oh God, I'm so mad, Rob. I'm sorry. I'm just. Well, I don't, to me, it's got to come with some sort of statement of like, and we've taken steps to assure he's never refing another CA game. Like you, you've got to have some sort of consequence. And um, <laughs> it's just, it, I don't know. It just, it, I don't have as much a problem with the league in terms of the collection of schools. I wish they were a little more like-minded, blah, 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 blah. But I do have a problem with the utter lack of leadership in the league offices. Um, You know, like it, that's the problem is everybody's on different pages and nobody can do anything. Now you've got all these other fans claiming Jeff Bourne's driving the bus and it's just, it's Bourne's the only one who's stepping up and trying to do what's right for his school and what's right for the league. And, and Joey D just goes to like fantasy camp every week and and tries to (laughs) practice with, with different schools yeah Yeah. and it's like no get something together like there's an opportunity to really there's a core of good schools um beyond just basketball and football Mm -hmm. and i don't know i don't know i don't know what the commissioner thinks his job is does does he think like and i'm being serious here like when he does all these fantasy things and he goes and practices with the teams is that because he thinks his job is in support of the athletes or is it in support of the schools? And, and you know, there's, do you know what I'm saying? Like there's a subtle yes. difference. Like, is he supposed yes. to be advancing the interests of the league and publicizing it? Or is he just like, like the, I don't, the fantasy camp director. I don't, I don't get what he's doing. Like does who are his main stakeholders? It seems like all he cares about are the student athletes and he should care about them, but he also needs to care about, the fan communities it's it's college sports that's a big deal on it so it's just a rudderless ship at this point and i i think you're not the only one yeah. who felt like yesterday was a straw that broke the camel's back i found it particularly frustrating given all the nonsense we've been hearing from a very small vocal minority of other fans who are just bitter and like yeah. there's a very anti-jmu tone to to a lot of the other fan bases mm-hmm. and i I, d- I don't know where that's coming from. They're like, oh, you think you're better in the league? No, I don't think anybody thinks they're better in the league. I think JMU wants other people to get on board. 
JMU has a vision where they want to compete for titles in yeah. every sport. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to have top-notch facilities. They want to attract marquee they games. They want to fully and fund all the fully sports fund everything. they sponsor. Yes. And we're just not seeing that commitment from the rest of the league. And so you get this very arrogant perspective from people like, oh, well, look at, you know, Jamie thinks they're better in the league and it's the first time they've they've got the one seed in 30 years. And like, but basketball is only one sport and we're competitive in pretty much everything across the board. And now it looks like, God willing, that is going to be the case most years in men's hoops. Um, right, right, right. It's just weird. And it's like, I, I think it comes from this place of, I don't want to say jealousy, but I think it's a recognition that JMU means more to the CA than the CA means to JMU. Yeah. Well, that's and, my, yeah. And, and with no, I mean, I'm not trying to knock no. any of these other schools, but if Drexel leaves the CAA, the CAA goes, oh, well, okay, move on. If JMU loses the CAA, everybody scatters. It's like the roaches leaving when you turn on the lights. You know, they're not, they're not going, oh, who are you going to? picking that's delaware starts making calls william mary is immediately on the phone with the patriot league they're not calling other ca schools um elon and charleston are like calling back the southern conference you know this is not a situation where everybody's like oh let's pick up another member i think jamie's the only school that would have that impact on the league um clearly there are other schools that are important yeah delaware's important delaware's important but important teams yeah but it's not the same thing if JMU leaves, it's all hands on deck. Oh my gosh, we've got a problem. The the ship is sinking. Mm-hmm. There's not another school in the league that that would be the case for. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just the the reality of it. And part of that is just, you know, the size of the institution, the fan base. You know, people are like, oh, you're a bigger school. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. It's a bigger school with a greater commitment to athletics and a fan base that dwarfs all the other schools. Um yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's very frustrating to hear people constantly taking shots at the school and all this nonsense about, you know, how it was collusion to get the tournament oh. there. It's like, come on, you've got the marquee arena, the the largest school. Well, I don't know. Is Stony Brook larger? I don't know. But I mean, it's I like know. you ended up with the number one seed hosting you know, with the tournament, seed. which is yeah. all you could ask for too. Yeah. No, <laughs> but it's, it's the showcase arena too. Like it's the best, and who cares? it's the brand new I, facility. And, to, and then come out and tell me what other school went to bat, Wanted it. Yeah. Right. So DC was, if, if we were going to move it out of the district and not have it at the mystics facility, where were we going to go? So show me another school that brought a package to the table. Yeah. And I have I give full credit to Bourne and to Byington and whoever else advocated for getting the tournament at home. <laughs> Give us the best chance to win. Like I oh, it's so frustrating. And my problem, Rob, today was the first time in all the time we've been doing this since 2009, you and I have argued. We've argued, we've talked, we've not argued, we've agreed about FBS, FCS so many times. Yesterday was not about FBS versus FCS. It had nothing to do with football. My frustration that boiled over yesterday was we can be in a shitty conference. Like we could be in the SOCON tomorrow and not have to deal with that kind of nonsense. Right. Like what we saw yesterday with this, right. Like, and I'm not saying they don't get me wrong. You move up to, you know, you could go to any conference and have terrible officiating. And this is, there's going to be 15 other terrible calls this March and, all kinds of sports, right? But, but the I BS that, but, statement after. But the BS statement and the collection of schools getting together and saying, 
you know what, we're doing it this way and this is what we're doing. And you just heard Coach O and, you know, he didn't want to wade into the men's. He didn't want to talk about yesterday because he knows he can't, right? Yeah. But JMU invested in tracing technology for all of their student athletes and all of their coaching staffs. And the other schools in the CAA didn't do that. And that to me is the problem, right? And if I want terrible officiating and like we could go be crappy in the SOCON, but at least have everyone agree that 10 of our 11 schools play football and we're going to have a season and this is the way we're going to do this. And we could still be FCS and win the FCS. Like everyone keeps saying this. I heard today, you know, we've heard our own reporters say the problem for JMU is they want to leave the CAA, but they don't know what to do with their monster football program. Yesterday was the first time in the 12 years we've been doing this, Rob, that I said, I don't actually care (laughs) about the football program. Like I do care about the football program. Of course I do. But, but the football program can be the football program while we have a better product at other things. And I did think our friends over at the uh, Jamie Sports News site, uh, Bennett and uh, Fitz and them, brought, they raised a good point in their site uh, yesterday, which was, you know, women's lacrosse lost a tight game to Elon on Friday, six to five. And that probably ends their like, like, it's so bad to lose in the, like, what they were saying is it's so bad to lose in the CAA that, like if, if we're that bad in the other sports that we care about, what difference does it make if we're in whatever, the A-Sun, the SoCon, the MAC? Like yeah. if, if it's not helping our other programs, right? Is softball, they brought up that, you know, softball will lose three games in the CAA and the there national goes- media, there goes like a seed or there goes the tournament because everyone's like, they suck. Well, that's the same thing you could get in Conference USA, who also sucks at everything, right? Like, like you, I don't know. It just, that becomes the frustration, right? We've always waited because we're like, well, football, we don't want to go to the Sun Belt or we don't want to go to Conference USA. But if it's hurting everything else and we're waiting on something better in football, like, I don't really, I just know. I just, this, that's where I lost my patience with this in the, these last couple days, <laughs> I should probably stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I just think it's a lack of leadership. Um, yeah, it's obvious to anybody paying attention that the schools are not on the same page. It's the front office's job to get them on the same page. And, and there, I'm not saying it's easy, but it doesn't even seem like an attempt is being made. Schools can just do. You saw it. I mean, like there was no centralized approach to scheduling or rescheduling games during COVID. No. It was just like, hey, do what you can. Play me if you can and call. And it, was, it seemed like it was coaches texting each other and then just waiting for calls back. There's just, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing, nothing cohesive about, about this league. Yeah. Right. It's just you go through stretch from Boston to Charleston and half your schools play football and half your schools don't. And then, by the way, you have this other set of schools who only play football. Like, mm-hmm. that's the problem, right? You know, you look around and most conferences don't do that and i i don't at this point i'm sort of beyond like i'm not even mad at whatever the jmu decision is it's so clearly they're trying to assert leadership them lobbying for the tournament was probably a good thing for everybody involved because we just heard what happens if they move the tournament to philly like you know like i i don't know i just yeah but all of that said should we take a step back and just say we are so fortunate to have coach byington and thank you, Matt Lewis, and good luck to one of your and I favorite 
players we've seen in the program in many years, right? Yeah. Well, and I Zach mean, Jacobs. And Zach you know? Jacobs. And Mike, yeah. I mean, you yeah. yeah. Those two are the seniors, right? Yeah. So we'll get Christmas back next year. But yeah, Jacobs, what a develop, like what a career. I mean, maybe Jacobs will come back. I don't know next year. I think he has the option. Does he have the option? I don't know. Anyways, but in, in regardless, I mean, what, what a career. And, and just Lewis, thank you for giving us this year, for coming back to the program, for sticking with it through three regimes for him in terms of from recruiting to now, right? Um, yeah, just, and, and how fortunate. I mean, Rob, how excited are we going to be next October when we get to talk about basketball? Yeah, no, I think there's, they've got a core there. Um, with, they've got a core talent, but more importantly, I think they've got the makings of a real culture. Yeah. You know, it, it's pretty clear, you know, Byington, you mentioned it last week, him running around on the court and playing defense. Like he's got a culture where the guys all seem to enjoy being part of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to like playing each other. We started to see some degree of like, a, a Byington team come together. Like you kind of knew what to expect in terms of style of play and things like that. So I, I think the future's certainly bright. Um, I don't think this is a team that's going to go in there and be an overwhelming favorite, but I think they're going to be, you know, in the running next year. Um, I think we'll be four or five teams in the running and JMU will be one of them. And that's really all you can ask for as a fan. And that arena, right? Yeah. I, I'll just think of our friends, right? Guys like Holston and bio. They're going to yeah. go to games next year. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be excited in October to talk to us about hoops, right? You know, yeah. like like that is we haven't talked about that in a long time. You know, I mean, all our friends in Richmond who happen to also attend some other universities' games, you know, like who yeah. care a lot about college basketball, they're going to care about JMU next year, right? That's really exciting, and we have a lot to. I hope we have a lot to look forward to. I really hope with this transfer nonsense, we don't, you know, I'm feeling pretty positive right now. I've, I've never been this optimistic going into an off season in many years, huh, Rob? So, I mean, including the 2013 team, which we knew behind the scenes, there might be some concern, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So this, this year we're like, I, I'm gung-ho for next year. I mean, I have nothing but positives walking away from the season other than the absolute show of yesterday afternoon <laughs> so yeah i mean it's just so. I, I i guess i'm not as upset about it as other people because i'd almost written this year off yeah you made a like, good point yeah, you know like it's it just was it was just weird i was very happy that they actually managed to play the top teams in the league and win three out of four against hofstra and northeastern Hell yeah. so after that like I mean, you see tonight, like, Deshaun Parker, um, former Duke, went down to App State. He's going to the dance. That's awesome. Happy for him. But, like, that team had a losing record. It's likely going to be Drexel and Elon in the CAA championship. It's just an unusual year. So I'm not going to freak out about them going out early, um, mm-hmm. you know, as the number one seed. Um, but I have never been less excited for March Madness in my entire life. No. <laughs> you know, like, I would have been yeah, thrilled if too. Jamie did it. But, like... I don't know. I've, I've watched some hoops this year, but you never know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Games are getting canceled. So it's just an unusual year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of just took it as a chance to reset and maybe at least start pointing towards a brighter future. And they did that. So I'm happy about it. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not as crushed about last night's result 
as I would have been in pretty much any other year. It just no, was such with COVID and everything. It's just, Hey, they took a step forward. They righted the ship and now let's go hopefully have a normal year ne- next year and start building towards, you know, more, more consistent success. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just, before we got on tonight, I watched, you know, my old employer UNCG is going to the tournament. I'm very excited. And, and this is probably the last class of players that I'll know from, from my time there. And they have, Really, their all-time great program player, uh, Isaiah Miller, is getting to go back to the tournament. And their coach, Wes Miller, who's, you know, potentially ascendant to the Chapel Hill job down the road. Um, But it's so funny because so many people wanted him last year for JMU. And now I'm, I love Wes, but I'm thrilled with Byington and I'm so excited. Like, and and like you said, other than the few teams I like care about or my family cares about, I don't care. Like, I don't. I, I kind of want Gonzaga to win it just so they finally win one this year, you know, like that's exactly how I feel. Right. Right. I mean, I don't, but other than that, I don't, I, I really could care less and it's yeah. really hard to get too excited right now about anything. So mm-hmm. that's a bow on the foot on the uh, football on the basketball season um, for men's hoops um, and really a positive bow on basketball. And hopefully next year we'll have even more to, to be excited about. So that's it, Rob. Are you ready to talk about football? Yeah. 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 Let's go for it. So, I, you know, where do we want to start on football? I think we're just going to do four downs from Elon. I, the news today is that there is uh, – I don't know how you're supposed to say this, Rob. There are COVID issues within the JMU program that have postponed the William & Mary game this coming Saturday until a unspecified future date unless something has happened in the last hour that we've been talking about this. <laughs> right? That that's the only. Yeah, I think that's about. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, we're not here. We're we're a a fan podcast that's not here to talk about numbers or players or coaches or what. We're just not going to get into that. I will say, we would encourage ever all of our listeners and JMU Nation in general to. I just, I have no zero judgment of. We, we talked about this with some of the other teams that have had COVID issues. Just they're 19 year old kids. It is what it is. Like there's no reason to like yell about, are you taking the season seriously enough or something in 2021 in the spring of 2021? Like just be thankful that we get to watch some. So that's all we have to say about this coming week. There is no game. Hopefully a few guys that are hurt can heal up. We were really sad, sad to see that, Liam Fornadel is out for the season. He did not play this past Saturday, um, had surgery. We're not going to talk a lot about it other than to say that we wish Liam the best in the draft if he chooses to go that route. I mean, he obviously, I, I don't know, Rob, but he has the opportunity to come back and play in the fall if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no way. I mean, whatever his decision, we will support it and best of luck to Liam and Sure. We please come back and play in the fall. We would love to have you, right? <laughs> like, I mean, we were really, really. I mean, that that would be amazing. But uh, you know, it is that that's where we are. So that takes care of the future. What, what was looking back on this Elon game? JMU was down seventeen three at the half. They made the switch at quarterback in the middle of the third quarter, and they came back and won the game twenty to seventeen. Um. Many in the national and the JMU media or JMU world and the national media um, made it seem like they somehow got blown out by 20 points. And I'm interested to hear what your uh, 
what your initial reaction was, your first down take from this game, Rob. Yeah, well, I I think you had the benefit of watching it, knowing the result. Um, yeah, I cause, did. Because it was bad. Like, I know you're like, oh, there, I mean, there's positives to take from it. And I guess all wins are good wins. That's where you got to start. They're 3-0. and um, They showed a lot of resilience. But, like, they were not going to win that game if Gage didn't come in and light a spark. Mm-hmm. They just flat okay. out weren't. Yep. Um, I mean, I was watching. I, I was not worried Robert Morris. I was like, oh, whatever. You know, they'll come back. They'll um, they just look completely out of sorts. And Signetti went to Gage. He he pretty much had to, by my mm-hmm. estimation. You know, mm-hmm. the, quite literally, the season was on the line. You lose yes. one game in the CAA South I this agree. year. Mm-hmm. Your, your chances of, of getting a bid are really in danger. Mm-hmm. Um so they made the move. Gage came in, he sparked them. They look like a completely different team. Mm-hmm. I thought it opened up the run game, everything. Just just his threat of running. It's I mean, he's not Rodney Landers, but he's just he had a just it sounds dumb, but like more pep, more energy. Yeah, yeah. And I think that rubbed off. What I'm curious about is is this really a brand new offense or is just just a situation we're like, you know, after a fight in a hockey game where the whole team just gets amped up and the adrenaline gets going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, is this sustainable? Because the off, it looked like a completely different game. Like, once he came in, they scored that first touchdown. I was like, you know, they're a threat to score every time they get the ball now. Yeah, they're they, going to they, win. You're they like, look that much go. better. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel that. I mean, I know it's it's a it's a game, and these kids are. I mean, they're kids, but they take this on and they're on scholarship and they've got to be accountable, but like, it's kind of heartbreaking to watch Cole Johnson Uh, for a guy who waited five years and um, he just didn't look comfortable back there. Um, And maybe the fact that he had to wait so long, it's like that, that stunted his development. I don't know what's going on, but he just looked so unsure of himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't that he was doing anything terribly, but it just, there was no decisiveness. It looked very forced and the offense suffered. You know, it became kind of one-dimensional when he was either checking down or throwing into double coverage. And it it just it was tough to watch. Um, mm-hmm. You never want to root for anybody to get benched or anybody to lose their job. But, you know, as a fan, when you want to win, they, they had to go to Gage, and thankfully it worked out. But I was really worried. I know you're like, you seem to think it's very positive. <laughs> I don't think this is like a terrible team. Mm-hmm. But there's some issues that go beyond quarterback. Um, yeah, uh, the fact that they can't seem to get off to a good start. Um, the defense, it's they can flip a switch after halftime adjustments, but they look kind of ill prepared for what the other team's going to do to start mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. You know, e- Elon was starting a third string, true freshman quarterback, and they came out with a game plan that was the middle of them all over. And Jamie, you look completely caught off guard. Um, so I don't, there's issues and, and everybody's focusing on, you know, the switch to Johnson or the switch from Johnson to Maloney and that hopefully will pay dividends, but it's not just that they, they don't look focused or really well-prepared in the first half of any of these games. Um, the coaches are good enough and the talent is good enough that they've been able to adjust in the locker room and come out and essentially look like a completely different team. But this is beyond just like slow starts, like mm-hmm. it, the offensive game plan, like everything about the team just looked off to me. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. A win is a win. It's good they're 3-0. and um, But there's a lot of improvement that needs to be made. And so maybe having this break and getting some extra practice time 
Or I don't even know. Like when they're on pause, can they even practice? I think they can. I think it's about. I I, I don't know. People quarantine. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, we've heard so I don't some know, like, rumored I mean, I could... numbers today about who's affected and who's not. I have no idea how it works. So I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, like it was. You can be happy about the defense. You can be happy about the W. But there's a lot of things they need to shore up um, to to have the sort of success that everybody expects and wants them to have. Well, you're right, Rob, that I did. I will admit that I stopped in the middle of the ride. <laughs> yeah. I had a break with the friends I was riding with. And uh, and I saw that. I didn't know. I The only thing I saw was your tweet about, well, got to go to Gage. Like, might yeah. as well at this point. Yeah. Like, and that was it. So I just assumed they were losing and it was a terrible day. And whatever was wrong was going wrong. And that was all I saw until the game was over, you know. And then, um, yes, I did watch the game afterwards. And you're probably right that I benefited from knowing the outcome um, because it was frustrating. It was a weird game when you know the outcome because Jamie just hardly had the ball in the first half. Yeah. Um, they didn't run a lot of plays. And so it was kind of a weird – it's actually strange because and, – and just to go back to Cole for a second, you know, he – that throw to Cheatham down the left side, the arm talent, like you're like, oh, it's there. Like you can see how in a practice setting, like he, we've always said, kid can throw the ball, you know, like he can spin it, but that doesn't mean he's like, you, you're exactly right that the spark was there and there seemed to be something there. And, and the question, whenever they play again, will be, was it that all the kids are like, oh man, Cole got benched and we better step up? Or is it like, oh, we're actually a better team with Gage at quarterback? I don't know. You know, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I think you're right about the halftime thing from defense. I, I will say, once again, like we said last year, um, Coach Heatherman's defense, incredible work. In terms, like one of the things we've talked about with Signetti, as opposed to previous regimes, is the unbelievable work at in terms of adjusting at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm glad to see that that has not gone away. In fact, in this game. This game was so weird because I did feel like JMU was insanely outcoached in the first half, and this isn't about the players or Cole Johnson, right? It was you're right that it's up and down the roster, and it goes up and down the coaching staff. They were outcoached in the first half. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like right. they just they, they, they don't they, look prepared, and they don't look creative on offense, and they look like the other team knows what they're doing. And to their credit, they are competent. They're so capable uh, from a staff standpoint of what they're able to do at halftime that they have been able to turn it around the last two weeks. Um, it's just such a weird thing. Uh, yeah, Rob, I, I don't know the answer. I will say that I'll start with my positive. You said I'm, I'm not super optimistic, but I will say this. Um, put, I don't even want to talk about Elon. I just want to talk about JMU. They did lose Fornaddle. The team was aware before the game that Fornaddle was out. Um, you know, a fans were not, but, and the, oh God, we'll get to Elon announcers later. But, um, <laughs> but the offensive line was dominant in the second half, Rob. I don't know if you noticed this at all. No, it, it, yeah, it was good. Those two fourth downs and the third down to ice the game, they just blew Elon off the ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't even close. And I have to give the offensive line a whole lot of credit. And we know that O-line play is probably more dependent on gelling as a unit than any other part of the, you know, part of the game. And they obviously were adjusting in the first half to not having the All-American at right tackle. Um, but I was really encouraged by some things I saw in the second half. 
you know, Percy fumbled on the long run in the second half. And then JMU sat on the, like, as they should have down the stretch of the game. I mean, let's just say it this way. For as terrible as the first half was, they scored to take the lead with seven and a half minutes to, like, half of the fourth quarter remaining Mm -hmm. was when JMU took the lead. And then they sat on the ball with in the last two or three minutes after they made they picked up a couple first downs. Like, I just wonder, like, would we have thought felt a little differently if it if the final score was 27-17 or 30 to 17? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, Elon can say the same thing, so it's not worth getting into. But I do want to give a, a, a real, you know, shout out to the O-line. And and we saw them even come in with some sixth O-linemen. I think at some point we saw Jake Glavin come in on the short yardage situations. I mean, they blew them off the ball. So I'm I'm encouraged going forward with the O lines play, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I don't think it's like the sky is falling or anything like that. Right. They had a very quiet, um, dominant game running the ball. Yeah, I, I and think, neither quarterback was really touched. Gage, I mean, no. Cole just threw a terrible pass on the interception. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, that was just bad. Um, yeah. And I think Percy might have had a career high. But he also had a, a fumble, he on had a fumble. and he also yeah. fumbled again and recovered. Yeah. Or went out of bounds. But I mean, yeah, like a, you know, yeah, that's, but yeah, he had a ton of yardage. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, so. I don't know. It's just, it's the fact that they can't come out and just put their foot on the gas Agreed. in the first half again. Um, it's just, it's troubling to me. And I, I don't really care. I talked last week about how I really don't care at all about the rankings. But if I did, there's no way on earth I'm voting Jamie number one. All right. I just, I, and I I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think they're terrible. It's not like they're unranked. Mm-hmm. But I don't think if you're actually watching games, you can't look at how they've played and say this is the top team in the country. You can say they're a good team because they're 3-0. They're 3-0 and they've shown resilience and they're coming back and they're dealing with more losses. We keep talking about how – yeah, they're not returning starters, but they got a lot of guys who played a lot of minutes. That is true, but you also don't have Amos. You don't have Adib. You know, you you don't have Jul- um, Jalen Green. Jalen Green, like Luke you're mi- yeah, you're missing a lot of really big playmakers. Now um, Liam, yeah, yeah, and now Liam. So like that's not an excuse, but that's just saying like this is not a, a dominant JMU team. Right. It's a pretty good team, and it's a team that's three and zero, and that's what's important. Um, but I don't think this is a team that really needs any extra targets on its back. Um, you know, no, and, 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 I, yeah, and the burden of the number one ranking. And, and we joked about, I joked about the rankings before. I don't mind anybody not putting them at number one. I thought there were some ridiculous, we saw some national media dropping them to six and moving, for example, North Dakota state who got their ass kicked last week up to number two. Like, okay, like let's, well, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, like, that's just stupid. Right? But um, I also said, I wouldn't have had him number one last week either. I would right. have put we North said Dakota. that all along. Right. Yeah. And, or Weber state or North Dakota. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got no problem with Jamie being at the three, four five range. Rankings don't matter. Your point after the game was great. I loved your point, Rob, about JMU fans. The last five, six years have come to view the season in a binary way. We either are a championship contender or, or it's, it's waste, not a yeah. successful season. Yeah. And this year, as we just saw with that, like it's 2020, 2021. They're missing. A, it's just a, everything makes no sense. Like 
Elon was bad last week. They were kind of bad, and they were probably bad in week one. Not that we watched either of those games. Um, they were better this week. Like I don't know what to say. Southern Illinois, the team that beat North Dakota State, lost their first game. Like before that, like I don't. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, uh, Rob. I did do the stupid thing today. Of you mentioned that JMU was three zero. You know who else is three zero? No, not a lot. Not many teams, I'm sure. No, UND, North Dakota. Yeah. And Nickel State is 3 0. You know who else has three wins in the whole country? Central Arkansas is 5 and 4, (laughs) having played fall games that count. Stephen F. Austin is 6 and 4, having played fall games that count. Eastern Kentucky has three wins. They're 3 and (laughs) 6, having played a bunch of fall games that count. Um, NDSU has three wins and a 25 point loss. SIU has three wins. They one of those is North Dakota State, but they also lost. And the last team is Jacksonville State, who's legitimately good at five and one. Mm-hmm. But my whole point was that there are only three teams in the country who have three wins and no losses. So let's just like take a step back, let it play out. I don't think William and Mary or Richmond are any better than Elon. Do I think JMU is going to win all the remaining games? I don't know, right? <laughs> but do I think they have as good a chance as anybody else? Yes, I do. So I, that that was sort of my thought there. Um, I just want everybody to be like, everybody's like, I, I, there are 90 teams playing FCS football and 75 of them have lost already mm-hmm. <laughs> or haven't played for that matter. But most of them have already like played and lost or one and one or two and one or something. So like, let's just, Calm down. Let's see how it goes. Um, it does feel, you know, it, it did feel a little bit like some of those Mickey teams where we were highly ranked and you're like, uh-oh, starting to see the cracks. Well, that's uh, completely what it looks like. It's, right. You know, I'm saying like, I, I, again, I don't think this is a bad team. I'm not saying like everybody jump off the bandwagon. But this team is ranked because it's JMU. If this was, if, if you looked at the resume and it was Albany or Stony Brook, it would be ranked. It would not be a top five team. It's the same way that, you know, Althon Sports suddenly put North Dakota State back at like two. It's just, yeah. it's just dumb. Rankings are just dumb um, in general. But I don't think this is the top team in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you've got enough talent on the roster mm-hmm. where it's conceivable that at some point this season they could be playing like one of the top teams in the country. Mm-hmm. But thus far, I, don't, I just don't think they are. But they're 3-0, and and they still have – on the schedule at least, five more games mm-hmm. or, or four and one TBD mm-hmm. to continue to get better. Um, so I don't know. They got out of there with the win. It could have been pretty much a, a, a catastrophe, but they got away. I do want to say the other thing that kind of bothered me, and I hate to be one of these guys who's like, oh, you know, outcoach this. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that Gage was the only one who seemed to realize that they should be going for two. Yes. I was, that, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> that That really bothered me. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a potential catastrophe. Luckily, it didn't matter, you know, but they were in a point where late in the game, they could have been in a position where they, they could have been three points down and kicking a field goal to tie. Thankfully, they went and got the touchdown anyway, but that almost came back to bite them. Um, well, and actually, I don't know I what the logic was. No, I don't either. And the problem was, my actual problem was the timeout. Yes. Like, I don't know. They were 12 minutes ago, or almost 12 minutes ago in the game. I, so I, you could well, argue talking, they, they had way, no idea. Like, I don't care whether you kick it or go for two. I mean, I would have, I, I probably would have liked to go for two, but I of course I would, two. right? Yeah. I, but, but, 
but I would have been okay if they just kicked the extra point and saved the timeout, right? Like, like I also would have understood that could have been explained. It was the, it was the not knowing what they were doing that yes. was frustrating, right? Yeah, That's it, what was it, that was made what made it really bad. They also should have gone for two. They should have gone for two. Was, two. It was right. one, no, I mean the, the amount, right. It's one score, yeah, yeah. one yeah, score you game. Say. You go for two. Yeah. You're either down four or you're down two. Whatever. Right. Um, yeah, but the fact that they looked completely like they didn't even realize that there was a decision to be made. Mm-hmm. That's what was really concerning to me. Um, mm-hmm. And you've got a guy who's been your QB one for all of seven minutes, who appears to be the one guy paying attention. Mm-hmm. So that that was troubling. And then the yeah, wasting of the timeout. Of, yeah, it was a little bit of that. That felt like a little bit of even like coach panic there. Yeah, um, yeah. And I did to Jamie's coaching to the coaching staff's credit. I was pleased that they got really aggressive with the like attempting to block kicks, which ultimately paid off. Mm-hmm. With the you know with they the- did block the punt late. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, I did think the coaches, the switch to gauge, right. I did think there was a, like, Oh, we, we gotta, we gotta do something, you know, like to their, and they sent a lot of, I thought they sent a lot of pressure in the second half defensively. Like well, going they, for it on like the 40, they were like, yeah, we're either going to win here or we're going to lose or, or suffer the yeah, consequences. Yeah. So I'm glad that. to see that. Um, I was glad to see the coaches kind of react in that way, but yeah, that was a frustrating decision on the, on the extra point. Um, Rob, I got one more positive that I did want to talk about, which I don't know whether it's a positive or a negative, but I did want to talk about cornerback a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I particularly want to focus on, uh, you know, well, really, uh, I, I don't know how to say, I really want to talk about Greg Ross, who is the transfer from North Carolina. And he got whooped in the first half by Cortez Weeks. Um, and this is something we've seen previously from JMU FBS transfers, which is sometimes they come down and you play two games against Moorhead and Robert Morris and you start to feel pretty good about yourself and you forget that there are really talented players at the FCS level. Yeah. And Cortez Weeks, for, for, as, for all the problems Elon has, he's really good. And if Davis Cheek was playing he'd be even better. Right. Like, and, and um, I was really pleased actually to see corner, which is the position that we might've been most concerned about coming into the season. I thought Ross really acquitted himself well in the second half after he got beat a few times. And I thought um, Wesley McCormick made one of the bigger plays of the day with the, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the hardest play in the world to make, but he did have the interception and that run back to midfield that set up the, the first score of the second half to sort of get moving again. Um, And both, and he made a couple tackles, you know, plays behind the line of scrimmage and stuff. I, I just, I was really pleased with those two guys. And I thought they kind of, for Ross, I felt like it was a little bit of like, Hey, we're here in FCS. You're talented enough to play, but let's, but he had to kind of adjust his own mindset of like, some of these guys are really good mm-hmm. and I better like step up. And I thought that was a positive because that's the position I've been probably defensively. You know, the line has become an issue, but, but that's the position we were really worried about before the season. And I, I see them developing because I think we're not worried about safety at this point. It feels like Reed and Davis, they probably didn't have their best game this week, but we're not too worried about them. And linebackers kind of developed. I think we feel like Azanama and Tucker Dorsey are fine, you know, and even uh, Jackson and stuff behind them is fine. So, and then Mike, I was really glad to see Mike Green. He looked like his dominant old self this week. I'd been worried about whether he was carrying a Nick 
but he looked great this week. Oh, he was so, amazing. He was, I mean, amazing, he was in the right? backfield the whole second half. Right. And I just, so I, to the defense's credit, I mean, that's two weeks in a row. They've shut people out in the second half. So if we're going to do that all season, um, we can wait on gauge <laughs> to develop. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my other positive from this one. Yeah. I mean, well, the big one is just it, all wins are good wins. Uh-huh. You know, even if they're close or they come from behind, there's something to take from, from all of them, but there's definitely a lot of improvement that needs to be made, but who, who knows how many games we're going to get. I don't I mean, know. Worrying about the playoffs in week three is kind of silly in any season. Mm-hmm. It's particularly silly this year. Cause who knows? I mean, Northeastern almost had to sit out of the CAA basketball tournament. They had eight guys suit up last night. Yeah. You know, they were cleared to play and yesterday. During they the had day. nine guys tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even know. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, it's an unusual set of circumstances. Um, I don't know when the hell they're going to try to make up this William and Mary game, but. Well, they have a, I think, don't they've they have got, a, they've got a week at the I end think. of the season? Yeah. yeah. So I think that they, my guess is they're not going to make it up unless they need to make it up. In the I, sense that, I think you're right. Right. That like, I think it's more, what if William and Mary has a, like if both, if we hit a week where both teams opponent can't play, maybe they can play that week. Right. Like if next week when JMU is supposed to play Richmond, Richmond has a problem and, and Elon, Elon has, has a, a problem on the other side, maybe JMU and William and Mary can play. I think it's more like kind of, we're going to see what the season holds. I did see that. Medea did put something out tonight about he didn't have any indication that there was like a two, there wasn't a mandatory length of the pause. You know, one of the problems in basketball this year was that the CAA had mandated like a two week pause if you had a positive in the program or something. So this whole nonsense, like Coach O was telling us about Elon women having five weeks off just because they couldn't get, they couldn't get to a place where no one in the program where everyone was testing negative, right? Yeah. And so they just kept extending because it was like two weeks from your last positive test or something. And football is not doing it that way from what it seems like. So I don't know. I feel so stupid because we don't know. We're not, you know, we're certainly not official sources on this. No. Um, but there was no indication today. And it seemed like there was some optimism that JMU Richmond might still take place if both programs were in relatively good shape come this weekend i don't know right richmond plays i'm assuming richmond plays elon this weekend so um i guess we'll see but you're right rob my thinking is if there's a team if jmu gets to say six and oh or if william and mary gets to five and oh for all or they can't get to five and oh because they lost if richmond gets to five and oh right i don't think they care if the team plays a six game because they're figuring that caa team is probably going to make the field Mm-hmm. And to JMU's credit, I, I watching some of these teams, I'm really glad they played Robert Morris and Moorhead State because Richmond and William and Mary didn't even try. And I'm like Lehigh doesn't play till you know the Patriot League's not even starting till this week. So if they lose one game, like is the playoffs going to let in a three and O team? <laughs> I I don't know, right? I, I'm, just, I'm also bracing for some team to lose a game or two and are just. And just say enough is enough. I mean, we saw it with um, UVA women's, women's basketball. basketball. Duke basketball. Duke women's Duke basketball. basketball. And I'm not knocking them. I know like anytime we mention UVA on this, people think we're making fun of them. I, I'm not. I think that's actually a perfectly rational situation where if you just know like, hey, there's no chance at the postseason, 
why the hell am I going through this emotional and mental strain? Mm-hmm. Let's just pack it up and stay safe. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if certain players start doing that, um, or even if entire programs. I don't think William and Mary Richmond or Elon are, are those programs we need to worry about. I do think they're pretty committed mm-hmm. um, to doing this and trying to play. But I could see it happening at, on, you know, at some program in a national level. Like you said, there's 90 schools playing. Not all 90 are going to get through unscathed. No, no. And, and, and it's just wildly, it's also, we just talked about, I mean, there's every school and every conference, every state is doing this differently. So it's so hard to know, like, <sighs> yeah, just everything's so difficult. It's frustrating right now because it feels like on a macro level, the weather's getting nicer and we're all like, getting a little more optimistic about the future <laughs> right? in terms of COVID. I think yeah. like as a like society, we're getting a little more like hopeful and yet, and so it feels but weird. That's, be, that's when it gets you though. That is right. And that's exactly today was such a surprise. It, it did. It did actually surprise me today when the football news came out. Um, not in the sense that I, like if you'd asked me a week ago or two weeks ago, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I had just sort of gotten back in the mode of like, here we go, here we go. You know, yeah. this is what we're doing. And the basketball tournaments seem to be going off and that kind of thing. And then you're like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> so, yeah, tough thing. We don't have – Rob, I don't have anything to look forward to um, for next week. I, I just – I hope everybody is safe and healthy. I, I hope their families and friends and everybody they interact with are safe and healthy. And I hope we get to see them play the dreaded spatters in two weeks, right? Yeah, I mean that's all you can do. That there is that real. I mean, we've been very fortunate so far because not a lot of college athletes have really gotten really mm-hmm. sick, sick. You know, right. for a lot of you, but this still is a pandemic. It'd be kind of callous for us to just only focus about oh, the worst thing that's happening with this COVID issue is there's no game this weekend. You know, that, that's yeah, not yeah, the type yeah. of message we're trying to say. Um, we're we're hoping and praying that yeah, this will be like most of the other situations where. It's college kids. They're healthy. They're athletic. They'll be fine in a couple of days. But yeah, um, you just you got to hope for the best. Yep, um, that's all we can do. So uh, it'll be. I, I don't know. I'll probably try to watch a little bit this weekend of other FCS action and see what's around. Uh, you know, saw it in the CAA North this week. I thought there was Albany's win over New Hampshire was, you know, stood out a little bit as a good win. And obviously Villanova absolutely destroying Maine. I, I've wondered about Maine. What has been their ability to? No, practice? it was Delaware, wasn't it? Uh, Delaware, excuse Delaware. me. Yeah, yeah I said yeah. that wrong. Yeah, yeah. Nova um, just Villanova, squeaked one out. Yeah, they snuck out over Stony Brook, right? Yeah. But um, Stony Brook's a tough team. No, it was the I, Maine was the team I was thinking about. Delaware, yeah, win. Um, just in the sense that, how the hell has Maine been practicing like, weather-wise <laughs> in January and February? I have no idea. So I, I felt for them, but um, yeah. So it'll be. We'll watch something. I guess we'll watch uh, Richmond Elon a little bit, if uh, assuming they both play. I, I hope everyone plays that can. And more than anything, I hope JMU um, gets through this couple weeks and is able to come back and play again. So that's all we got. Rob, I, I have one question for you in overtime. Um, I don't know if you got one from the group. Uh, I, we got a bunch of good suggestions, yeah. but this is running pretty late. We can just save some of those for next week. Yeah, I was just going to say that mine, um, we'll save those. But I was going to ask you, what's the worst thing that you ever knew about someone doing to a referee or an official? (laughs) 
following oh. some kind of bitter disappointment. Oh, geez. I, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I know if you had any lacrosse or anything. So, my, I have to say that my one of my close friends in high school, his father was our varsity basketball coach um, at my high school. And his mother was the most intense fan that our high school has ever produced. Um, you know, 30, 45 years as a coach's wife will do that to you, right? Yeah. And um, I, I do know that she once followed her official, like, all the way home with her high beams on at very close range after, after some kind of, a, like, a blown call. Oh, my gosh. Like, like, really lost it at, to the point where my friend was like, Mom, we, we, should, we can't do, like, and it was weird, right, because dad stayed, I, you know, he had to go home with mom and she had to, like, stay, like, or he had to stay and do like interviews or whatever. You know, it's just a weird, like you don't go home with your dad because it's, he's the coach and you're the player or whatever. Yeah. And he had to ride home and like try to talk his mom out of following the ref out of the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah like, I don't, I don't recall any like yeah. official controversies or anything with refs at all right. from, from playing lacrosse in high school. The only thing that would even approach that was we had a guy get thrown out. Um, one of our best, this guy, John Ox, who went on, went to play at Loyola um, after that. And he got thrown out of a game for throwing a punch. And he was, I mean, he was not the type of guy who would do that. But if you were going to choose one of our attackmen of the three, it would be him. The other two guys were like super clean cut. And he insisted up and down that he didn't do it. And our coach was screaming at him, you get off the field, you threw the punch, rest it, you throw a punch, you don't talk back. And he's like, coach, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Mike did it. And I was like, Mike did no way. Mike was a guy who ended up going, he played at West Point to get okay. an idea of the type of, the type of character. Like he was oh, in. Mike did outs- it. Yeah. Oh no, we went to the videotape. Somebody's mom had videotaped it. We yep. went and John was sitting there, John at the guy, and you just see a fist come from behind. And, you know, with the glove on and hit somebody in a helmet and then sneak back into the crowd. And sure enough, it was, it was Mike. Um, but I just remember like our coach having no, just hearing no lip from Ox oh. when he did it, screaming like, oh, of course you did it. Rest you did it. And sure enough, you know, we found some sort of grainy Zapruder film from somebody's yes, big old I VHS. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't know what, like, and we still couldn't do anything about it. Like since he was thrown out, he was suspended for the next game. And I think he was our leading scorer that year. So it was, it was kind of costly, but that's the only thing with officials that I recall. And that wasn't bad. I mean, that was us kind of getting away with one, I guess. Oh, that's, that's awesome, Rob. I I love that. And I love that everyone now, of course, there'd be 15 videos of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, From everyone's parent. But, but back then you never really knew. Right. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, special shout out to the, uh, the second lady in the Bath and Body Works video today. Oh my gosh. Who went, went in hard for her coworker. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was kind of brutal. Yeah. Yes. Was that a mask argument? I didn't even know what the, the root I, of it I don't was. Actually, yeah. It was a uh, social distancing in the line argument from what I could tell that they, the staff was asking the, the lady was crowding another customer and the other customer asked the, you know, the staff got involved on the other customer's behalf and then the lady threw a product and then the staff had had enough. But unfortunately for them, they're probably out of work at this point. So yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty ugly. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, anyways, well, Rob, 
all that to say, we will put an explicit rating um, for my comments tonight on the podcast <laughs> and um, and try to di- please everybody at JMU. Coach O had nothing to do with everything that was said after his interview. <laughs> um, no, no. And uh, thank you to everyone who had awesome suggestions tonight. Uh, we, we've been long enough. <sighs> I don't know. I, I think we'll talk next week, Rob, because yeah, hopefully we'll... we'll be talking about a women's big dance birth. Um, and there's some big, I did, I thought it was cool. Women's soccer scheduled UVA due to some COVID rearrangements. Mm-hmm. They got a game scheduled with UVA. So that was pretty cool. Um, just in general, you know, JMU's doing the best they can with all this right now. Yep. And I, uh, you know, you got, I don't know how many kids are on the football team. 90. Uh, a lot. Some of them are going to get COVID. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how this solves itself. So, uh, but hopefully by the fall, we'll all be in a better shape. So yep. and we right. also and, need we need to say thank yeah. you to our, our newest sponsor. Absolutely. Apparel. Yes. I know I've got an order that, that is due to arrive any day now and I cannot wait. But um Homefield, as you know, premium college football or college apparel out of Indianapolis. Um, really, really great stuff. These guys do their homework. They just launched a JMU line of products and they really dug through and found like cool old logos and mascots and stories behind them. I love the stuff, Todd. I know I really want my scripted Dukes t-shirt, the old yes. school one. I love the old track and field ones. I know you've got an order on the way, but great stuff. Um, if you don't see something you like, you can tweet them at Home Field Apparel, no E, with suggestions uh, for schools you would like them to do, and then go by and order anything and get 15% off your first purchase with code JMU Sports Blog, all one word, check out at homefieldapparel.com. So thanks again to them for sponsoring us. Oh, huge. And uh, I really cannot wait for my for my newest order. I'm I've I've got a bit of a problem here, but uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, Rob, I got a I got a legit email from a good friend of mine um who it I, this is crazy. He is a UC Irvine graduate. Mm-hmm. The UC Irvine Anteaters. He's a former coworker of mine. He's back in California now. He was here for a while. Um and Raul right wrote me today and he's like I heard your podcast and he's been one of my like friends. He's like a super sports guy. Like Mm -hmm. he's the one that I think I've talked about before. Who's a bills fan, a rockets fan and a UC Irvine grad. Like it's the weirdest. That's a weird combo. Yeah. And he grew up in the Bay area. So he's a giants baseball fan. So that's his one like normal, you know, that and UC Irvine make more sense, but there's some family connections to Buffalo and Houston. I don't know. It's crazy, but I'm always like, how's he, how is this person possible as a fan? Um, but he's a huge sports fan. And he, he wrote and he sent me three pictures of him in all the UC Irvine gear. And they're, awesome. the, UC, and they're the UC Irvine anteaters. And he was like, they have some of the coolest stuff. And he was like, I got these for all my friends. And now you guys, can I use the code? And I was like, yes, you can use the code for UC Irvine stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it made me think there's a really cool Florida State one. I was thinking about Randall. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool, like the old Florida State helmet that actually had the Florida, like the state of the Florida state, yeah. outline on it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, so, like, there's really cool stuff. I, I, you know, I don't want to talk about the Hokies, but there's even some cool Virginia Tech ones in there. If you have yeah. people in your family that might like this, the JMU Sports Blog code works for that too. Yeah. So, yeah, go check out Home Field Apparel. Um, they are at Home Field Apparel without an E at the very end of that that makes any sense but yes um but we love them and thank you guys and 
we're both going to be rocking some awesome home field apparel in a couple weeks. I know. Can't wait. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. We'll talk next week one way or the other. We'll see what there is to talk about. Yep. Have a good week, everybody. All right. Go Dukes. Sure.